0: This is 8-Bit Episode 100, Spoonerated, on Friday, December Nineteenth, 2014, and now, The Liar to Ford Squarister. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Um, so, <laughs> this week has been an interesting week. Because, hey, it's finals week, everybody, it's the most wonderful time of yeah, I was gonna say lies. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I. So how many did you? How many finals did you have? Uh, well, technically none. Technically.
1: Technically, yeah. I had a couple of presentations that I had to do for a couple of my classes because both of my classes are project-based. So you know, it was just the the last time that we're meeting. We all have you know, to present what we did in these projects and how far we got and the technology that we used, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. And then um, right. the, the code, rift. like, the 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 project isn't actually, like, due until next January, as is, you know, like the paper that I have to write about it and stuff. Oh. So, yeah. Because, yeah, the, the semester here is a little bit weird. They They have winter break, and then they have, like, the last two weeks of their semester or whatever. But, but pretty much every single international student that's only here for one semester leaves and doesn't come back for those two weeks, understandably. And yeah. so the the professors in those two classes, which both of them had, I think over half of us uh, were international students, they had to schedule, you know, all of the times that we met as classes before winter break, and then they were just like, yeah, finish finish the paper or whatever, huh. and send it to us, you know. Which means they get a letter two weeks. Letter two weeks. So yeah, as, yeah. As professors, that's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I had something similar in that I had um a couple of final projects and then a few tests or a couple of tests. Um. So the let's see, <laughs> music history was interesting because I had to write a paper and present on it and play a piece that I was writing said paper on. Um. And then the test itself was just kind of not well made. Hmm. It was a 100-point test. 50 points were 10 questions in the front, and the final 50 were in an essay in the back, which was essentially regurgitate everything you know on Bach. (laughs) And on the front, it was some questions that made sense, some that didn't, and it's just like, why, what, what? We didn't talk about this. Or like score recognition, where it's like, we weren't given the the scores to study beforehand. And it's just like, from what you remember listening to, you said we weren't gonna be listening to anything. From what you remember listening to and studying for, <laughs> what is this part of the what is this piece of the score from? Oh boy.
1: <laughs> you know, you should have written your essay
0: on J. S. Buck instead. JS Buck. <laughs> if I hadn't crammed everything about Bach into my head, I probably would have. Mm. I mean Bach was surprisingly a little bit more interesting than I thought he would be. Like he was a snarky son. <laughs> so is J.S. Buck. <laughs> yes, but let's see. He. Oh, um, my brother. But when he was younger, he would go and sneak around and do things that he wasn't supposed to. Actually, it was music related. He would go. His dad was the town musician, and so he would sneak into where his dad had all the music locked away, un- pick the lock, and then sit there and copy the music and study it. Um,
1: he he locked away the music.
0: I don't know why. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. Um, but like he, he got into fistfights. He was put into prison. Dang. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of had it rough too. He had several kids die at him. His first wife died on him. Um, uh, he was orphaned at the age of 10. Oh, wow. So he, he had an interesting life. Not necessarily a fun one. Um, Yeah. Oh, and then the other two finals. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, One of them was just an arranging project, which was I did an arrangement for um, three trombones and four saxophones for probably my favorite Irish folk tune. It's called The Parting Glass. I know I've shown
1: it. I know the one. (laughs) I've
0: shown it to you a few times. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know it off the top of your head, go and play Assassin's Creed 4. And once you finish the game, you will hear someone singing it. Otherwise, you can just go ahead and look it up on YouTube, and there's a few really yeah, good
1: recordings. It's probably an easier option.
0: But I hear the end of AC4 is so rewarding, like, emotionally.
1: Yeah, a bit, yeah. Yeah, they they, they show you basically all of the characters that you got <laughs> to know over the course of the game, um, many of which are dead because, you know, this is, these are pirates. And, like, oh, you, you know, like... The the golden age of piracy actually lasted, like, you know, a matter of, like, ten years or something, and then pretty much everybody got either captured or killed. So, Mm. you know, a lot of the people who you got to know, these are, you know, real-life characters, uh, are dead by the end, and you, you, like, basically see them all having, you know, this big feast together as you're getting ready to sail back to England and settle down and have a normal life.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then my other final was just a conducting final, so I got to lead, <clears throat> lead a pseudo choir which consisted of my class plus a few extra people that we brought in because there's significantly more guys than gals. Even though mm-hmm. honestly, the gals were still able to overpower us easily um, <clears throat> in terms of volume of singing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to lead rehearsal for like nine minutes or so. <laughs> so it, it was. I said something. It's something. Um, it was, I, I mean, it was a little bit harrowing cause Hey, I'm up in front of people and I'm being put in charge and it's just like, um, Oh boy. And I'm getting judged for being put in charge <laughs> mm. <laughs> and how well I'm doing it being put in charge.
1: That's <laughs> a little bit more harrowing than, uh, just giving a presentation or something like that.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause you have everyone, everyone is relying on you and reacting to exactly what you do. That's the thing about conducting, is is you are the leader, and even your most minute movements will translate into something that someone will interpret.
1: So, let me guess, you, you walked up there, got, got on the podium, and just yelled at the top of your lungs, okay, listen up, you
0: buttholes! <laughs> yeah, snapped them all to military attention, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: no, 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 it wasn't quite that bad. <clears throat> I, got a, I got a few good laughs, though, <laughs> which made things go by better. Oh. So yeah, now uh, now I'm done. It's great, yay! Yay! I apparently
1: I definitely need to finish the papers, you know, while I'm traveling around southern Sweden with my mom because Sonia promised me that if if I try to work on the papers while she's around, I won't be able to get any work done.
0: And I was like, oh "Deal, my," as George Takei would say, mm-hmm. "Oh my!" So yes, I'll
1: I'll hold you to that, Sonia. <laughs> And speaking of Sonia, she gave us some listener feedback this week. So yes, uh, in response to our last episode, she said that yes, yeah, she'll disown all of us, including me. And I, I believe that was about not knowing characters from from something. Well, now we oh, don't. Right. It was it was because yeah, it was it was, uh, it was klutz not knowing that Ned Stark was not from Star Trek, and and then I mentioned that yeah, Sonia Sonia told me to disown her. And that Sonia will basically disown anybody who who you know isn't
0: isn't on her level of of fanness. <laughs> oh boy! Something. So yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I might be getting there soon because I left my computer at Gustavus because I've been marathoning games.
1: Wait, you left your desktop at Gustavus?
0: Yeah. I so need- you're not gonna
1: have it at, at all over winter break?
0: No, I really need wow, to hard- unplug. hardcore! All right. <laughs> However, I brought home all five of the Fire and Ice. Oh, good. Okay. Books, so... I like where this is going. <laughs> Whoops. Um, So I will be unplugging, and I will be completely immersing myself in another thing that's going to take up all my time. I expect you to, like, message me whenever
1: you get to something crazy going on, and, you know, <laughs> just, just you know... But what happens when I bypass where you're at? <laughs> I start messaging
0: you with... Something.
1: Oh, no, because I'm, I'm going to be... I'm going to start reading the fourth book, uh... I think once I, once I leave Luleo, because I'll need something to do on that train ride and stuff. Yeah. And believe me, the third book is really, really long. So, it'll take you a little while to get through it. I, I give it three days. Oh boy. Alright. So, last week, we yeah. attempted to be controversial, and Sonya really did not appreciate that attempt. So, yeah, I, I guess from now on we should probably only say controversial things that we actually, uh, believe in. You know that we actually agree with.
0: Yeah. No, we're we're both egalitarians on this show. I'm pretty sure. I don't so, even know what that word means. It's it, it it's um someone who believes in equality for everyone, essentially. Oh, okay. Good. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, 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 no. I'm a- <laughs> I'm actually being serious. Good. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm sorry. I I swear I didn't mean any of the stuff that I said about about. Gals needing to be in the kitchen and whatnot. That's So yeah, please
1: that's don't cool. chew off Ian's head.
0: Please don't. Please don't kill me. That, but that, yeah. That'd be nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Approaching things with honesty. I like approaching things with honesty. Equals a good time, yeah. Yes. And finally, Sonia says, in all caps. Ryan, you need to pick songs that other people have listened to, which is really funny, because, for the first time ever, we actually had somebody who successfully identified the song <laughs> at the end of the episode. Andrew Bailey, congratulations, <laughs> you are correct. The music is the SimCity 2000 theme song, so uh I Give contacted that. him. Give what? that
0: man a Cupid doll.
1: Ironically... Andrew Bailey owns so many games, so that he really doesn't need any of the games that I have extra. <laughs> which is funny because, like, I even I even looked at his library on Steam to make sure that I wasn't offering him any that he already had there. But I guess he still he already has like a ton on Origin as well. Jeez. Uh, or or maybe good old games or from humble bundles or whatever.
0: All the humble bundles. Speaking of which, what is the current? Never mind. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go check something. Oh, um, Sega bundle.
1: In in re- response to me wording the, the Witcher 3's, uh, what is it, uh, game delay as unfortunate, he says that, you know, that's not really unfortunate because it's not like they're delaying it to make the game worth, or worse, so, yeah, I agree, um, yeah. and it's not like we have a shortage of games to play right now. No. <laughs> None of us do. Oh, no. man. On the topic of, uh, uh, SimCity 2000, uh, I, I mentioned that I believe that that's a game that he actually has been playing on his, uh, 20th century computer. He says, that's right, he played some of it over Thanksgiving when he went, uh, went crazy and, and took the computer to his parents' house. But, you know, sorry, Swedes don't recognize that holiday. And they might not, but I still got to, uh, I still got a bunch of my friends here to make hand turkeys over Thanksgiving break, which was awesome and hilarious because, as adults, we were writing down what we were thankful for, and a lot of it was booze.
0: Well, Booze is good. Holy cow. Sorry, I'm on the Humble Bundle right now, and the number of stuff that is being put up for sale with the Humble Bundle is ridi- or at least for the Books Bundle is kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah, the
1: comic one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been <clears throat> increasing over the course of that sale.
0: Yeah, it's so it's dynamite, uh, is the publisher. Um, and I mean, speaking of strong feminist people and, and Sonya, the, 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 um, the I, I wouldn't really call it the antithesis, maybe the foil to Conan the Barbarian, Red Sonya, mm-hmm. is included in this as well. I mean, she's someone who I would not want to crush. She could kick my ass left, right, and sideways. Yeah. I think just like your Sonya. I
1: haven't, I haven't read those comics. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how well they portray her. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: We shall see. <laughs> oh, and then apparently you get three bonus copies of Bob's Burgers to share, and then you can, <laughs> you, if you share it, then you get a crossover comic with Django and Zorro. That'd be amusing. <laughs> that that looks interesting. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that I did bring home with me was my external hard drive and my netbook, so that I can read all the comics that I have on there from the last books bundle that I got too. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, oh man, oh man.
1: So speaking of Humble, I'm just going to use this as a great segue to move into the week's headlines. By the way, if you want to read these headlines, go to the Nexus TV, the, the TV slash EB100, celebrating our 100th episode. Yay! Yay. So Humble has raised $50 million for charities to date. That's a pretty good milestone, I'd say.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's an incredible milestone. That's
0: awesome. This is why we love the Humble Bundle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh.
1: And they, they've got no sign of slowing down, of course. No. So here's to the next 50 million.
0: Here's to the next 50 million. I'll put to, well, charities are usually good causes. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, yeah, so Hearthstone, it's now out on Android tablets. Yay! However, Yay. one little stipulation is that if you are going to play it on an Android tablet, it has to be bigger than a 6-inch screen. Aww. Yeah,
1: which is their definition of a tablet. Ah. So it makes, makes sense. sense.
0: So, Sports Friends
1: ah. has finally come to PC. Do you, do you know anything about this game? Sports! Ah. <laughs> In a way. So, th- it's it's a collection of local multiplayer games that are just freaking hilarious. Originally, it was uh, released on the P- PS3 and PS4. Um, And so a a few of the games, uh, they include, uh, most of them are like, you know, kind of side scrollers. One of them has you, uh, your character controlling, uh, or is holding like a pole vaulting pole, Hmm. and you have to get a ball into the other team's goal. And so like one one analog stick, I think controls which direction your character moves, and the other one controls the rotation of the pole vaulting pole, and so you use the pole either to push the ball or like smack your opponents or whatever, and they kind of wobble around and look like dildos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious um another one another one involves like a a another another game where you have to get a ball into a goal, but all of the characters have like double triple quadruple jumping abilities that you have to recharge by standing on the ground hmm. so uh it's <laughs> i've I've watched like rooster teeth playing these games, and they are freaking hilarious
0: It's also but, rooster teeth though right,
1: right, yes, but I mean like there's there's only so much that they can do with with lame games
0: that's true. So, but th- this oh, this is one that looks them. hilarious, and I don't want to play it. So, what you're saying is that uh, let's see, how much does it cost right now?
1: I'm not sure; probably twenty dollars or less.
0: Thirteen. Okay, thirteen and a half because it's on sale. Otherwise, it's fifteen. Okay. So, what you're saying is that we should get together and have a stream of both of us playing this game.
1: Yes, but first we need to get a controller. But first, or we two, get a couple
0: of controllers. Yeah. Okay, that'll be fun. All right. Speaking of Steam and controllers.
1: Yay. Yay!
0: Hey, it's, it's as if you were planning that. <laughs> yeah, I <it> was. Weird. <laughs> wow. So the steam controller has gone through some changes. An analog stick on the left with the tracking with the trackpad taking the place of the D-pad. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. that's yeah, I think that's instead of the four buttons that they originally had uh down there next to the trackpad.
0: That's an interesting spoon, Risen. The bore four buttons. buttons. You are so weird.
1: Do, do you do that with, like, every single phrase that everybody it utters to you? Unfortunately. Like, you just you just
0: spoonerate it? Unfortunately. If it's something that's emphasized, yes. <laughs> All right. So, yes, the buttons. Borf. Borfuttons. And, uh, actually, this is
1: another piece of news that pretty much happened over the summer and we missed it. And now we're just getting a little bit more information. Like, there's there's, you know... <laughs> The new iteration that we found out about this week is basically almost exactly the same as the one that came out over the summer, but mm. it's a little bit slimmer. Mm. Yeah. So I found a game that I think that we should keep our eyes on. It is called Herald, and it's a game that takes inspiration from... Okay, so listen to this sentence. This, this is a pretty intense sentence. So it's a game that takes inspiration from The Walking Dead for character-driven dialogue, from Downton Abbey for style and tells the story of multiculturalism in the 19th century through the microcosm of life on a ship. Did you write that sentence or did somebody else? I I wrote that sentence from bits and pieces of the article. <laughs> okay, that's fair.
0: Yeah. So I was about to say I've never heard you say microcosm in casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's not it's not one that's a major part of my vocabulary.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I at least know what it means. This is true. Unlike whatever whatever words you used earlier i don't even remember what it was now the one about somebody who believes in equality for all people egalitarianism Um, that one yeah
0: yeah i mean it's just in some ways it's just another form of feminism there's there's so many different kinds of feminism that it's kind of hard to say this is this and this is this and this is this it's I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of being specific when I'm saying egalitarianism because there's so many different kinds of feminism that I can't yeah. just say. I'm a feminist and people know exactly what I mean. So you, you know what the word makes me think of first?
1: It makes me think of like a really specific type of agriculture or something. Huh. See, I thought it would
0: make you think about birds.
1: Like maybe, I don't know, it kind of sounds like agrarianism or something.
0: Yeah, not egal. America, America. I believe in America for everything.
1: So, speaking of that, please no. (laughs) And and speaking speaking of Matt not believing in anything that's outside of America, um, a lot of a lot of the people who I've met here, you know, like bring up guns and i'm like yeah i i don't own any guns nobody in my family owns guns i don't think that people should just be able to own guns and carry them around wherever they want to and they're like wow cuz that's that's not what we think that most americans think and then they and then they realize that most of the americans that they've met outside of america don't think that way and then we go you know that's probably because the ones who do believe that just stay in america
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true yeah. mainly texas yeah. Texas is the America of America. Texas is the America of America. Super America. <laughs> Why do you think they have all those oil fields? Because they are Super America. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it, because Super America is a gas station. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God, that was way deeper than I thought it was
0: expecting. Not as deep as those oil wells. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> So, Microsoft's game and app streaming solution has a new name, Arcadia. One of their hopes is to stream Android and iOS apps, though, or, wait, through Android and iOS apps? Is that?
1: Yeah. Uh, did I write through? No, it's, it's I mean? just,
0: one of their hopes is to stream Android slash iOS apps. Like they're, yeah, yeah. They're, so they're-, like
1: they're... To, to, like, window, if you have a Windows phone, then you will be able to use Android and iOS apps. Oh. That's
0: what they're saying. Okay, okay. For some reason I was thinking about like you were going to be able to use your computer to stream Android and iOS apps that we were using on your phone for people to see around the world, sort of like a Twitch streaming. But no. with an I- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> with mobile gaming.
1: No, this this is this is a yeah, uh, a a streaming service as in the code is being run on some server and the output of it is just being Put on your device.
0: Okay. Makes sense. So that
1: you can use things that are not natively built for your
0: platform. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the, the yeah, the Android slash IOS apps is one that's not like their current focus, it's like a, a loftier goal.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's been shelved currently.
1: Yeah. So Don't Nod, the creators of Remember Me, will soon be launching an episodic game about a couple of high school girls who are trying to solve the mystery of their friend's disappearance. Oh, and by the way, one of those girls can rewind time. It's called Life is Strange, and uh, they just came out with, I don't know if it's is a launch trailer, but they, some sort of trailer for the first episode. And uh, I think it starts on January 30th, so hmm I have to let you know how that is, because you know me and episodic gaming.
0: Mm-hmm and I'll have access to your Steam library. Yeah. So maybe once you're done, go, Hey, Ian, I'm done, and I'll go, Okay, my turn. <laughs> Actually, I don't I don't think I'll be around on January 30th, because I, I have tour from February 1st through the 8th. Oh, okay. So I won't really have time to sit and play an episode of some. Well,
1: it's a good thing that games don't disappear from your library. I know. Usually.
0: Usually. I've heard of it happening before.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so The Witcher 3's second playable character is Siri. Ciri. Whom Ger- Geralt has been monitoring. I probably mentoring, just, mentoring, not monitoring. Thank <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you.
1: <laughs> Always watching, Wazowski.
0: <laughs> Why do I have a feeling that I just completely butchered both of the, or butchered both of those names?
1: I bet you that her name is Siri. Okay. Even though it's not spelled with an S, yeah. and you probably can't ask her to, you know, find a nearby stores or whatever people use Siri for.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it's her hometown, she might know. Maybe, maybe.
1: But if she's anything like Geralt, then she doesn't really stay in one place for very long. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Other than by his side. So speaking of Siri, the the iOS feature, I don't think I've ever seen somebody use Siri for anything useful. They're <laughs> always they they always just use it to like experiment with the conversation a list that it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they 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 will say things to it like Siri I love you and see what it says back. And like they'll try to have a conversation with it. Like nobody nobody uses it actually as an assistant.
0: Yeah. Huh. Whoopsie. Oh well. Oh well.
1: They'll they'll figure it out eventually, I think. I hope. Oh. So, Steam is cracking down on cross-region gifting in response to the Russian ruble losing value. So this this is a very interesting thing that I I didn't know was a common practice until recently. But, so you, you remember when I, right after I got back from St. Petersburg and we were talking about the strange world of, like, pricing games for different regions? Yeah. And how, uh because of of historic reasons, you can't really sell a game in Russia for, like, more than 20 bucks. Yeah. So, like, what people will do is they will pay somebody in Russia to buy a game and then gift it to them. Hmm and thus you get the game for much much cheaper than it's available anywhere else. Yeah. And like recently the Russian ruble has plummeted in value, which means that it's even more profitable for people to do that. Mm. Because it's, you know, you you can get games like when when they're buying when they're buying games with the Russian ruble, it's it's worth even less than what it would have been when it was originally priced, right? Right. Uh so The, so, so Steam is no longer allowing players in certain regions to gift those games to players in other regions. And this actually, they've expanded it to several, several regions where this kind of thing happens. So this includes like, I I think Russia and Brazil and, you know, some other like developing markets, Mm. as they're called. So it's not it's not exactly a region lock because you can still buy the games yourself in whatever region you live in, but you can't necessarily get them as gifts from people elsewhere. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: I see a lot of potential for scams in there. <laughs> or what could have been scams. Sort right,
1: of. Right. Yeah. But I mean it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's not like it's not like regional currencies are going to be going anywhere anytime soon. As much as I would love for them to, and you know because it 's another step in making like for example, region locking into a thing of the past would yes. be to not have different currencies yes
0: oh well They'll what learn can you do? speaking of possible scams <laughs> funny story i didn 't fall for one in fact, I was the only voice of reason it felt like, um, so the group of guys or one of the groups of guys who I play a lot of League of legends with um, we have a big thing on or we have a group on facebook and some of them was like hey guys there's this 50 dollar riot point card giveaway all you have to do is have a certain number of people click on your link so go to the website get your own link and then we can all click on each other's and then we'll get the 50 dollar gift card um no this sounds like a bad idea no i promise you it's good it looks like it's okay it looks like it's sponsored by riot I just looked at the Riot website, and I looked at the League of Legends website. I'm not seeing anything. It's there. I, it's okay. I promise. Just click on my links. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I was finally able to convince them that it was a bad idea, but that wasn't interesting.
1: Did you figure out how those websites were planning on, like, taking your information or whatever they were trying to do?
0: They make you fill out a survey once you hit the right number of... Oh of course. Or, something like, or right number of um whatever. Mm-hmm. Views, clicks. So yeah. Just what we always wanted, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. You're all you done know would be,
1: You know it would be the best way to get more people to click on, on your on your link hmm. would be to have it uh, as as a link in your podcast.
0: Weird. <gasps> I mean, especially if it's a link to a free game. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like this one, which is probably the most meta game that I've ever seen. So, there's a new game that's out called InfoQuest 2 that was released by Mojang. And I am pronouncing that correct, yes? Correct. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so I encourage everyone to go and play it because it's actually an exciting announcement. So, Mojang and Telltale are pairing up to make an episodic Minecraft story game. Um,. And I'm not sure which I'm more excited about. The fact that they made a mini-video game specifically to announce this, which, of course, makes people laugh because they do include some humor. It would be silly to otherwise. Um, or the fact that it's, it, it's going to be another Telltale game that they're doing another crossover with. Um, so can you not-
1: explain to me what... Infoquest gives us like how does how did that announce the game
0: so it's a 16-bit um game so i i I have it loaded up right now so it looks like it was like the original king's quest loading screen sort of thing okay so then it has click to start so i click um and while exploring the overworld you encounter a wild moyangsta Hello buddy, you're looking well. I have something exciting to share. It involves Minecraft and Telltale games. How would you like to receive the news? What do you want to say? Short, sharp bullet points? I have time. Let's chat. I just want to reset my Moyang password. Pick one quick, 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 running out of time.
1: <laughs> I what? I can't I, I
0: did you even say them all already? <laughs> yeah. So they make oh. it play just like a telltale game where you have a certain amount of time to pick your answer. And you go through a series of the these questions where you'll the they're they're talking about the announcement and like what do you want to do what do you want to do um and of course they of course make teasers and plugs it Minecraft too I have info for that right here um <laughs> let me give it to you as a reward is this it no that's a fish is this it no that's a bucket is this it no that's a TNT block oh sh- <laughs> 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 so lots of good humor and i mean it's worth playing just for It'll take you all of five minutes, if that. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a game that's an announcement for another game that's in the style of the game that's being announced, and it makes me happy.
1: So it's yeah, it's definitely giving uh, the Stanley Parable a run for its money. Yes. For meta ness.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, no, no. You, it, it's no, hard to beat quite. the Stanley Parable. <laughs> it does have yeah, some I, I, meta. I, it Until hit. you
1: have self-referential achievements, I think you, that you, you can't beat the Stanley Parable in, in meta-ness.
0: I don't know if there's a self-referential one, but there's 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 definitely a lot of poking fun at itself. And what in,
1: in InfoQuest? Yeah. Ah. So it's yeah. it is really meta. Yeah. So speaking of Minecraft, Notch has broken a new record, and this is not a record that I was expecting him to be breaking. He's bought the most expensive mansion in Beverly Hills. He bought this mansion for $70 million, which is the most that a mansion in Beverly Hills has ever sold for. And apparently he beat out Beyonce. So take that, Jonas.
0: (laughs) I thought, what? I'm I'm honestly a little bit surprised by this, because I thought that he was like this super humble dude.
1: Yeah, I thought that he was trying to be flying under the radar and all of that.
0: Well, property tax is going to be a pain in the butt for him.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it as long as he invites me to some of his parties. Agreed. So, Open door to all geeks. All more yangstas. But you, you have to have your valid geek identification card with you. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So you have to either be wearing glasses, a pocket protector, or have a good list. Oh my god. <laughs> or a combination of all three. Oh, and a button-up I can't even shirt. tell
1: if this is uh, controversial or not.
0: <laughs> no, it's just being well. Yes, in the sense that I'm completely stereotyping. Yeah, which is never a good thing.
1: So I've been thinking about <laughs> our friendship, and you know what? We could totally be Will Wheaton and Chris Hardwick because they're they're nerd best friends, and they you know like there's there's just there's so many parallels, so many parallels. <laughs> It's, it's delightful.
0: See, here I was hoping for um, Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, see, I don't know much about them, though, as people. Like, I, I listen to Chris Hardwick's podcast, and I watch, like, all of Will Wheaton's shows on YouTube. So, yeah, I'm I'm
0: exposed to them a lot more. <laughs> it's kind of me and the other way around, because I, I don't think I've ever really heard of Chris Hardwick.
1: Uh, yeah, he's a comedian and uh, creator of Nerdist Industries. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the things that he does are not things that you would just see around. You know, he he hosts a lot. He hosts some TV shows, and he hosts a lot of, like, uh, panels at, you know, like Comic-Con and things like that, which we've never gotten to go to.
0: No. But we probably should at some point. MinCon. Which one? Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it's called, is MinCon.
1: I don't know. The one that I know of in our area is Con of the North. But I think that's a oh. lot smaller.
0: Yeah, and there's also a Comic Con up in Saint Cloud, but that's apparently just it was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Saint Cloud, so yeah. So I, I I'll have to talk to a couple of my really good friends. Do you remember Tyler and Alicia?
1: Um, yeah.
0: We we had Tyler come on and review. Um, oh shoot, what's the real time? Uh, real time strategy. Um, World War Two. Tra- no, no, World War Two. Uh, Company of Heroes. Company of Heroes. Yeah, he came on and talked about Company of Heroes. Okay. Uh, in one of our episodes. Um, and I'll probably bug him to be part of our All-Star cast, which is, you guys have probably noticed by now, it, we're not doing the All-Star cast for this one because we weren't able to get a hold of enough people. and Scheduling things was a little extra wonky because Buck has yeah, to leave soon and whatnot. You,
1: yeah, you might notice that this show is going up uh, you know, approximately two days earlier than usual.
0: Weird. So, because I'm
1: going to be on a train.
0: Train. Choo-choo! Um... So we're gonna do episode one hundred and one: How to do a podcast,
1: and it will also be our like year end, except it'll be after the year end, giving out you know the eight bit awards and stuff.
0: Yeah, so it, that that that'll have to be next weekend. I'm sorry for getting you y'all's hopes up. Mm-hmm. So that 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 one's on me. Um, let's see. So oh, that's right, Tyler and Alicia. Um, they they do a lot of um cosplay stuff, and so I've gotten to know some of their good friends who are also cosplayers and. Why not? So if we really want to go, we can find someone who can, I know some people who can help us come up with some costumes for that as well.
1: Well, apparently, early next year, I'm going to a convention in, I think it's in Minneapolis with Sonya, and we're going to be cosplaying a couple, but we're gender bending it. I like it. From I, I don't remember what anime it's from, but it's something that she loves, and I've never watched. No. I like it. It's it's one of those ones with like superpowers and spirits and things. That isn't Bleach. Superpowers and spirits. So, you know, I'm narrowing this down a lot. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Naruto. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no.
1: So, speaking of end of the year, that means of course <laughs> that the the Steam holiday sale has begun. Yay. <laughs> now, None of that silly as,
0: auction stuff anymore.
1: Yeah, the auction is is over and Turns out, so if you remember the advice that i that I gave, uh I talked about how selling packs of like a thousand gems wasn't really profitable, but once the auction actually started because our our episode was up before the auction started, so once the auction started, the prices for gems went up again, so I was actually able to sell a bunch of gems for, you know, more than they had been worth earlier. Mm. And then and then I use that to get a bunch of like the trading cards for the for the holiday sale. Nice. And now that the sale has started, they they're not really doing a whole lot of interesting meta actions that you can do. It's just like every 12 hours they have a a different six games that are available, and every 24 hours you can come back and vote on the next community choice award, and every time that you uh, vote, you get a trading card for the holiday sale, and every time that you spend ten dollars, you get a trading card for the holiday sale, and then it's just like normal. Okay. Other than that, so yeah.
0: Interesting. Ooh, Deus Ex is only four bucks right now. The director's cut is only the, four bucks right now.
1: Okay. Nice.
0: Though that 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 offer will be gone by the time that people listen to this podcast, because that's on the twelfth
1: obviously yeah unless it comes back as like one of their encore ones that they usually do right at the
0: end yeah metal gear yeah. solid 5
1: yes i hear that that's out now
0: yeah it's overwhelmingly positive and it's also on sale for oh 14 bucks
1: well i'm sure that our listeners can go and figure out the sale for themselves
0: cuz it's like, sneak it's, it's yeah <laughs> sneak
1: if they can find the price hidden under that orange box i mean box of oranges Snake? Your orange box is something
0: different.
2: Snake!
0: Yes. Crab battle. You mean liquid. I'm not sure what you're referencing now. Still Metal Gear Solid. Because there's Solid Snake and then there's Liquid Snake. And Liquid has daddy issues, if I remember correctly. I'm so confused. (laughs) There's drama in the game. That's why people like it so much. Ryan, why are you looking at lingerie? There is also
1: drama in Game of Thrones. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there is, yes, in Game of Thrones, so I will... And I,
1: I finally got around to actually playing the first episode of Telltale's Game of Thrones series, and holy moly, it is excellent. So, it turns out that playing a Telltale game in a franchise that you're already invested in makes a world of difference. Uh, because, you know, like like, none of the games that they've come out with in the last you know 4 years or whatever have been from from franchises that I've had any experience with mm. so you know I I was entirely basing my opinion of the game on the game and also like I was basing my opinion of the characters and situations that you know you find yourself in on how they're presented in the game mm. so you know you have no history with it and e- like for example with the the walking dead even if you were into the comics or the uh the TV show they start with all new characters, you know, in an all new all new group. So you don't really have a history with any of those people, so you don't have you can't base your opinions of them off of what you already know. But in Game of Thrones, obviously they have a bunch of characters from from the books, from the T V show that make their way into the game. Now most of the most of the main characters and, and you know, all of the characters that you play as throughout the game are new characters, ones that Telltale has created themselves. So that's good because I, you know, you can you can kind of more play them the way that you want to. And then but then, you know, there's there's these these permanent fixtures that are that are always, you know, the same that that you can always count on. Like you can you can count on Tyrion to be a smart ass and you can count on Cersei to be terrible and, you know, stuff like that. Hodor. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't meet him. Um but so yeah, so Yet. the story the story goes, um as as we found out before the game came out, you are following House Forester, which is a relatively minor house in the north who are, you know, banner to the Starks. And uh all of the characters that you play as are, you know, either either a member of the house or like, you know, serve the house closely. So like one of them is the squire to Lord Forrester. Um you play as him. And yeah, like it's it's really, really good. It's really good. Um, the liar to
0: Ford Squarister. Th-
1: your mind, there's something wrong with your brain. The liar to
0: Ford Squarister. That's <laughs> what's wrong with my brain. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Um, where was I? What was I talking about? Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, obviously, if 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 you're not into Game of Thrones yet, you need to you need to read the books or watch the show before you start playing this game. Like they do do a fairly good job of introducing characters and giving you a good sense of, you know, who they are, what they're what they mean. Um but, you know, it's it's so much better if you come into it knowing things. And also, there are there's one event in particular that will be spoiled for you from from the books if you play this game first. So I need and to
0: it, finish reading the books well
1: right okay well actually so so the place that you need to be in the books is you need to have i I would recommend finishing book three which is really convenient because that's the one that I have finished. (laughs) So it's it's like perfect timing for me. I finished book three and then they started this game series that happens during book three. Um, If you are watching the show, you need to, I believe, be done with season three and then make sure that you like watch season four as well kind of before before the Telltale game progresses too much because the Telltale game happens during season four Hmm. of the show. Um, So that's enough about the story. Let's talk about the, the visuals. This is the best-looking game, the best-looking Telltale game I have ever played. So I've gotten really used to them using, you know, this, like, cell-shaded, uh um, you know, kind of comic book style art. And that looks great. And I was expecting that kind of thing again. But this time, everything looks like it's straight out of an oil painting. And it is gorgeous. So, like all of the backgrounds are slightly kind of blurred and like they they do move and stuff but it looks like it looks like it's an oil painting and then the any like characters or objects in the foreground are they're not blurred but they kind of have like a a strange texture to them <laughs> that um and that, so the the only the only complaint about this art style that i have is where you have like a border between a foreground object and background, there's kind of like this weird like shimmering because the blurring effect stops. And so when, when things move, there's like this weird like shimmery effect that you can't really see in the, in the screenshots. It looks really good in the screenshots. Um, yes. but it was a little bit, you know, distracting
0: hmm.
1: when things were moving around. Um, the gameplay, there weren't any puzzles. There was, like, a total of one major action sequence and one minor action sequence, but, like, nothing like nothing that you do in the action sequence has any bearing on the game. You know, every, every meaningful choice that you make is in dialogue, mm. which is fine, yeah. and I like that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much my choices affected the events of this episode, because, like, the the major events that happened seemed like they were inevitable. You know, like, I, I do wonder if I could have prevented a couple of things, but I'm fairly certain that they were, like, fixed plot points, that they had to happen. Uh, I'm not sure exactly if the choices that I made are going to have more of an effect in later episodes. Um, But, yeah. Hmm. So, like, you know, th- things like um characters dying or characters getting sent to the wall, like, I'm fairly certain that the exact same thing would have happened no matter what dialogue options I made Possibly. so so that is that is something that I'll have to keep my eye on as the as the uh series progresses, and it it would be very, very unfortunate if you don't have as much player choice in Game of Thrones as you do in other telltale games. But at the same time, it's kind of like, it is an interesting look at, like, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, you are powerless in this world. Which is kind of true for a lot of things in Game of Thrones. Like, if somebody <laughs> wants to kill you, they'll probably kill you anyway. Yeah. No matter, you know, like, there, there, there are a lot of characters in the books and in the, in the show that, you know, are perfectly capable of, of taking care of themselves who die anyway because somebody, you know, stabbed them in the back. Like, what, what can you do to prevent that? <laughs> Mithril. Me yeah. thrill, uh, that.
2: yeah. That's
0: which you that's finally find out when he when Bilbo gets it. <laughs> Speaking of which, the good, the new Hobbit movie is pretty good.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't really planning on going and seeing it because I'm kind of, I don't know. Disenchanted. I'm kind of, I'm yeah, I'm kind of mad about what Peter Jackson's been doing with with this trilogy, and you know, like, mm. is it is it necessary to make no. you know the whole Hobbit. Story into like a big epic action sequence thing. Not
0: really. the 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 whole final bit wasn't really any story. It was just fighting scenes and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I, I I'm kind of pissed about how they offed Smog. Not really that it happened because I knew it was going to happen and I knew how it was going to happen. It's just how long it took to happen.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I don't remember it taking that long in
0: the book. No. Probably so, it was like a couple of paragraphs. The, the, it's kind of reflected in the movie. The only thing that I'll say is that the the opening title pops up after they kill Smaug. What? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. Okay. So I mean, it's it's worth going and watching if you want to see some good action fighting. It's it's definitely Peter Jackson style with um mm-hmm. like the shakiness of the camera and the the different things that are happening. And there's <laughs> the big set pieces. Yeah. And so it's it's definitely starting to see that it's becoming a little bit cookie cutter and just mm-hmm. the quality is dropping so I'm I'm getting disappointed by it but I just
1: realized why I do have to watch it though. Huh. I got to know how that love triangle works out.
0: Uh, <laughs> I could just tell you.
1: <laughs> Good. And I honestly I I wouldn't be bummed out if you told me.
0: No, I'm not going to tell you. You got to go see it with me. Alright, right, (laughs) We'll make it a date. Now, speaking of dragons... Speaking of dragons, I hear there's a whole age about them, and we're seeking into them unexpectedly.
1: Are you, like, interviewing them,
0: asking questions from them, and... Well, swooping in, stealing them, and, and then telling them... Or asking him questions after that, because nobody can expect us. Nobody expects the Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> nobody expects the Dragon Age Inquisition. So I've finally finished, dear lord! <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> um, According to... let's see. According to my save file, I had 90-some-odd hours logged into the game. I'm going to subtract a few off of that, because there were definitely a couple nights where... I started playing it when I was drunk and then went to bed and didn't really mess with anything. (laughs) Um, And I've left it up. So subtracting, like let's say, 10 hours is probably a good estimate. That's still about 83 hours. And that's before even looking at the front to see how much time Origin says that I've put into it. So there's probably a little bit of a difference, too. So, Oh, boy. Let's see. Where do I start? Uh, Well, okay. Visuals. I think I talked about this a little bit last time, but this is one probably the most graphically impressive game that I've seen to date. It is the the entire ambiance of the world that EA that BioWare created is absolutely gorgeous. And I think this is the first time that I've actually seen light effects put to good use in a way that doesn't just completely shut down computers.
1: Mm. Or just produce lens flares everywhere. Aspect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that didn't. Uh, no, there were still a fair number of lens flares, but it wasn't quite as bad. Because I mean, there's not a million stars mm-hmm. here and there. Um. So. uh but I mean, like my my favorite thing was some of the attention to detail was just like, holy cow. Um. So like while well, watching my character run around, um, I was playing a two-handed warrior. So as in a warrior that used a two-handed weapon. And so my sword right. was strapped onto my back. And as I was running around, as I would go through different patches of light, you could look at the sword and you could pick apart the different, um, the impurities in the metal. Huh. Wow. Because um, they would reflect differently back to you when you were in the light. And I mean, there was, again, it was, it was overall, it was just absolutely gorgeous game. Um, so there's that. Uh, the music was was fantastic and put to good use, and we'll probably talk about a little bit more of why this worked really well when we have JPM come in and talk about
2: mm, the um, music,
0: the music and the psychological effects. When we have the Nexus Special, the, our our Ted over January. Oops. Um, but I mean, like probably one of the most influential moments, one of the, the most awe inspiring moments of the game, and I think I might have talked about this a little bit last time. Was right after you meet the main bad guy. you're you're, that's sort of your lowest point okay in the game in terms of like emotional stuff because like everything that you knew has just been destroyed pretty much and so you're out with a bunch of refugees and it's just it seems like all hope is lost and the the gal who's talking with you is talking about faith and whatnot and, and then and your generals are arguing and whatnot and so she starts singing and it causes your generals to start singing with her and pretty soon the entire camp is singing the exact same song and looking to you for hope. And it's just like oh so so some of the story elements were absolutely fantastic.
1: That reminds me of that the famous scene from uh Casablanca where the like some Nazi officers come into a bar and like, you know, try to just like take over the place with their presence, but then everybody starts singing like I think was it like the French national anthem or you know, like a yeah, a very, you know, prominent cultural song from France and like yeah, hmm.
0: emotions. Emotions. So it the story hits hard and it hits well. Um but I was actually a little disappointed with kind of the overall pacing of the game. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> He says after eighty-three hours yeah. of playing it. <laughs>
0: Well, see, there were like, there were like two tiers of when things were unlocked. There was when you first get started, there's the areas that are available to you then. Mm -hmm. Then after the moment that I just described, there's a bunch more areas that open up, but there's not really any spots in between where things just gradually get more and more opened up to you. It's just here's everything and here's everything. And so I kind of wish that they had spaced out when they introduced those quests as being and those areas as being available just so that it was a little bit more of a focus on the story as opposed to, say...
1: And, like, less overwhelming?
0: Less overwhelming, less, less grinding, because, I mean, the way that I play games and the way that, as we talked about, um, kind of works well, um, especially in Bioware games, is that if you do the side quests, and it did actually come back and help me with some of the side quests that I did, um, you, you kind of have to do side quests to unlock certain things and certain possibilities in the main story. So I'm I'm the sort of guy that goes and does all of the side quests that are available to me. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, is it, is it hasn't been an issue in the past. Like in, in the Mass Effect games, they were really good about that sort of pacing. So I don't know what happened with Dragon Age Inquisition, but I think that that's probably my only real complaint to the game, is that it wasn't really paced well enough. They just kind of threw everything at you all at once, and then the story kind of fell to the wayside and the, the, it it felt like there wasn't as much of an emphasis on the story as i would have liked there to have been mm. in part probably because of the amount of content that was just thrown at your face at once um but also because there was that much more content that they couldn't focus on the story as much right right um let's see what other though
1: things? i mean yeah if 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 you really, really, really wanted to focus on the story, then you could have focused on the story and just straight up not did done the side quests. But I know that that's not you.
0: No, no. That would have been actually a fairly quick game. Actually, you wouldn't have been able to do that because you wouldn't have had the levels to do that. You have to go and do some of the side quests in order to get levels to be able to survive what's going mm-hmm. on.
1: Um I've I've heard from people that uh a typical of, you know, bioware games, they have like a you know, the the real time combat, but then like you can pause it at any time to issue commands and things like that. And I I've heard from a couple of people that like under normal circumstances they're able to just, you know, blow through things with just the the real-time combat but then like when they encounter boss battles they you know pretty much have to use the the pausing issuing commands and stuff to get everything like perfect uh because otherwise they would die
0: was that me that told you that because i that's definitely okay well i don't remember if uh, i know that
1: uh one of my swedish friends here told me that and i think i think i probably heard somebody like on polygon talking about it
0: like okay yeah Like with, okay, that's that's definitely something that's that changed from the other games to this one. So the combat system, um, in the original one, it was you didn't really have control of your character as much. You could select one person to choose, um, but you didn't really have ultimate control over them when the battle hit. Uh, you could issue commands, but you couldn't be in the driver's seat, per se, mm-hmm. in terms of being able to control them in real time. And they changed that in Dragon Age Inquisition so that they have that. Um, so it feels like you're you're personally much more engaged in the battle, which is really nice um and yeah, just like you had said, I was able to blow through the majority of the battles without issuing any commands except for the boss battles um specifically the dragons um because with the drag the dragons there's there's so many things where you have to know well once once you analyze the attack pattern, it's kind of easy to to defeat them but
1: you said that just like uh that imperial officer in episode four. Oh boy, we've ad- we've analyzed their attack pattern, and there is a danger. Shall I have your subtle standing by? <laughs> <laughs> I am not an imperial soldier. Rebels, yeah, rebels. Um, you rebels,
0: rebels, yeah, rebels. Um, which which parody are you? Is is that Family Guy? Yes. Okay. Except in different voice. Anyways, um, but so yeah, you you had to know how to move your characters and position them properly so that they would avoid just taking massive amounts of damage mm-hmm. from what was going on. Um, and they were... Oftentimes the AIs were kind of stupid. Like, you would send them to one point and then they would kind of get interrupted by something they wouldn't actually follow your command. They would start doing their own thing again. It's just like, no, stop that. I told you to go do this. Ya dummy. Like, the, the most frustrating part was there was a dragon battle where I was trying to... um have one of my guys go and revive a downed teammate, which is really nice because you can actually do that in Inquisition. You haven't been able to do that in the past with the other Dragon Age games. And so I kept on issuing the revive command, and he would run over there, and then he'd run back and just start doing his own thing again. And I I actually had to take control of him, send the other guys to go and attack the dragon, and then go and hold down the button long enough that the character actually revived.
1: That's so annoying.
0: So... (laughs) There were a few bugs, and I think I told you about the other ones too. Where, like, whenever I would, there was the occasion one where whenever I was in conversation, um, I wouldn't be able to click on the different right. options, like, it wasn't registering right. the mouse. Um, or that would occasionally happen with when I was trying to select characters when I was in the main screen, or if I was at the map, that would sometimes happen too. So, it, it just had trouble registering the mouse sometimes.
1: Have you checked out the multiplayer at all?
0: I have not. Okay, because I,
1: I, I, <laughs> I believe that this week there was, you know, some some expansion released for the for the multiplayer. Okay. I didn't look into it too closely, but since you left your computer at school, you're not going to be able to really check it out.
0: Uh, I wouldn't so, want to with my home internet, anyways.
1: That's true, and <laughs> we need to we need to break free, man.
0: In the fall, when we have yep. our own place. Yeah.
1: Oh, probably over the summer. Probably over the
0: summer, midsummer. Oh boy,
1: a midsummer night's dream. Oh Shakespeare.
0: Uh, let's see other things about the game that I really enjoyed or really hated. Um, oh, something that was a little different that was kind of interesting is that you couldn't track how your characters felt about you. In the past games, you've always been able to see, oh, this person's really friendly towards me, or this person is really doesn't like me. Hmm. And in Inquisition, you couldn't do that, so you you couldn't really tell. Because there's there's so much scripted dialogue in many other ways. You couldn't really tell based on, like, subtle facial expressions and whatnot. Oh, this person doesn't really like me. Or, oh, this person does like me a lot. Um, other than, like, say, romance options. Um, right. I mean, the best that I could give you was that in the character selection screen, in the party selection screen, their cards would change depending on their mood and what was going on. And, like, if you've done their, especially once you've done their um, their loyalty. companion quest, their loyalty okay. quest. Then it changes for 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 good. Towards the end. Um see there was some there was some fantastic humor. Sometimes Varik is still my favorite character in that game. Um Oh,
1: he's the guy with the crossbows? Yes.
0: He's the one with Bianca. He named it Bianca? He named it Bianca.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: So I think my next my next device.
1: <laughs> so we will both have had Biancas, but for different reasons.
0: Yes. Wait, what's yours named after?
1: Uh, a sword in Assassin's Creed two.
0: Yep. Yep. Nope. This is, this is different Bianca. It's,
1: it was, it was a pretty perfect scene the way that you were, uh, um, introduced to Bianca in Assassin's Creed two, because you go to free this guy who is, you know, this renowned military strategist and, uh, you you free him and and a few of his you know mercenaries from a, from a cage and and uh, you know he's like oh we we got to get back to my house like what if they what if they did something to Bianca and uh, so you know you assume that he's like talking about his wife or something and we get back to his house and the place is trashed and. He's like, oh, no, what, what if something happened to her? Bianca! Bianca! And he's, like, searching around, but he's, like, looking on the ground, and you're like, what on earth? Is he, like, looking for a pet? Mm-hmm. And, but then he finds his giant sword, and he's like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful.
0: And, I mean, in this one, you find out that Bianca was named after a dwarf that it, it seems like Varak had a romantic relationship with. And it's mm-hmm. forbidden love, so it's just, like, it's Romeo and Juliet sort of thing. But she's also... Or, She's also um, uh, the the smith that created the, the crossbow. Ah. It's never said directly, but it's definitely strongly hinted. Because he cannot tell you directly. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, you know, secrets never never stay hidden with you. No. Well, you are the Inquisitor. You're such a gossip.
0: Well, I do run around and talk to everyone in that game.
1: So, what would you say is a reasonable
0: price for Inquisition? Hmm. The release was sixty bucks. Oh, golly, I know they're gonna come out with some DLC for it because there was definitely some there was definitely some loose ends at the end. Hmm. And I, at the very least, if not DLC, um, no, they're gonna come out with some DLC for it, and it's gonna whatever the DLC is it, that is tied into some of the stuff at the end. It's gonna hint at what the next game is going to be because there's also going to be a sequel. I can guarantee you. Because <laughs> my brain was blown at least a little bit at the end there in a good way mind you but oh, yeah it's just like whoa and suddenly everything makes sense but still <laughs> i'm almost sad that i didn't see it coming so worth the 60 bucks worth the 60 bucks it's all right i mean that's just by itself that's more than an hour a dollar right uh, by far yeah. in terms of gameplay and getting your your money's worth out of it in that sense um the art style is fantastic the storytelling is well done the the character development is it's 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 pretty good it leaves some to be desired <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's still pretty good and then um, music is great so yeah it's it, I think it's worth the sixty bucks awesome
1: and then yeah for Game of Thrones I can't say for sure obviously how good the other episodes are but you know this one is Definitely worth the you know five dollars per episode that it comes out to. Awesome, but of course you can't buy them episode by episode.
0: No, yeah, well, that just makes so
1: that would. So unfortunately, this is the last that uh, you'll hear from us for a little while because yeah, the next episode is going to be after the New Year's.
0: So we'll see you next year.
1: But what an episode it will be!
0: One one, have a podcast. <laughs>
1: Happy holidays, everybody. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Dack. See you next year.
2: So, the thing is, I was on the Andrew Bailey show uh, a few days ago, and um, uh, as you might have heard on your last episode, my boom started to droop.
1: About the Telltale game as well. Also, who
2: invited Matt to this dock? How did he get in here? Not Hi, Matt. Bad. Hello? Whoa, what's going on? Are, are you a guest today?
0: <laughs> Hi, Foo.
2: He has low bandwidth, so he might not be able to hear this. Oh, dear. And if he answered on his Nexus 4, it probably just exploded.
0: I heard a what's up there.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. The studio. high-quality studio. It's it going down, man. The booms are drooping. The lights are flickering. It's going down.
0: We're yelling timber.
2: I have some excellent
1: lunch meat here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm at this period... Ka-ka. Ka-ka. I don't smell meat. He's across the ocean. I do. Who's who's yeah, ocean? Yeah, you, you you do. What do you mean whose ocean? It's the Indian Ocean, Atlantic Ocean. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, it's not nice to try to confuse Matt. Why?
1: What's going on? Um, Matt I has. I saw him going by with a clippy thing. Yes, yeah, so Matt.
2: Ha- Matt has a clamp, <laughs> and he was tempted to clamp it to the microphone. No, no. Do not. No, no. I can watch so many things. <laughs> so what's funny is I had him muted because I knew it was gonna happen. But the waves still registered on our mics.
0: Perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they were. Oh. Um wait, have we actually started with the show? Yes, of course. Oh <laughs>
2: No, we didn't. Just so you know, we didn't. Oh alright. You're trying to do that again, huh, Ian? He
1: started talking about his finals, so and then I heard you clicking around on your keyboard, so I figured that meant that you were putting in a
0: marker.
2: No, No. I would say okay. whenever you're ready.
0: Yeah, I figured.
2: Okay, now. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> no. Are...
0: No. Oh, hey, you're getting more than me. Maybe we'll see. Um. So. So. Okay. Are we so... talking about your real life? Romance options. Dragon Age, then real life. Okay, fine. Okay, so Dragon Age. I'm trying to decide what we're going to do with you and your Ooh. romance options. And my my current you thought absolutely, you absolutely have
1: to get me with the um, the demon horn guy. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was because I, was, I have I have watched his sex scene. And it oh, is amazing. It's hilarious.
0: I, I may or may not have seen that one too. Yeah.
2: Hold on, while I put a marker right there and take that out of context.
0: <laughs> no, Ryan, have you seen this thing? I don't watch TV. <laughs>